Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 106 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott here. Hour number two of the show brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Negotiating contact with George Larocque here. Talk uh, Montreal Canadiens and their recent turnaround. They lost 10 games in a row. A couple of those with Marty St. Louis behind the bench. But since then, 4-0. Cole Caulfield's got six goals in seven games. And now the debate is, well, should they play for draft positioning or should they play to develop the likes of Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and Alex Romanov on the back end? We'll see what George says about that. Again, normally we'd be talking to our headliner right now, uh, rather Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. I expect Kevin to be on tomorrow's show. I also expect Bob to be back for tomorrow's show, just taking a little extra rest today. And then we'll be back on the broadcasts uh, tomorrow and then the weekend. The Oilers play 10.30 puck drop against Florida on Saturday. And then Sunday, it's an 11 a.m. puck drop against the Hurricanes in Carolina. And again, both of these teams have also beaten Edmonton at Rogers Place so far this year. Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. You can try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. All right, uh, let's let's go to the Ashley Fine Floors text line here. You want to get in on the conversation? We're talking goaltending and and solutions to the goaltending issues that have presented themselves. Uh, people think that we're throwing ourselves on the grenade to defend the goaltending. I don't know where that narrative is coming from, but you hear what you want to hear. Uh, we do have George LaRock on the line now. Pleased to be joined by the big man, the former heavyweight champion of the NHL. George, thanks for jumping on. How are you doing today? Good. I just finished my radio show. Sorry, guys. That's why uh, sometimes it takes a couple minutes late. So as soon as I, I saw you called, so now I'm all yours. I appreciate it. And that's actually exactly what I told our, our producer there, Chris, on the other side of the glass, that I figured you were doing. You weren't out celebrating Montreal's four-game unbeaten streak, were you? They've been a little better lately, haven't they? Well, yeah, they, they, they've been way better now. And, that, and that's important because... Uh, you know, people were getting demoralized in, in Montreal about how things were going. You know, you look at the team and it seems like uh, they wanted to trade everyone. They want everybody to go because things were so bad. But but now things are a bit better and now it's more promising for next year because now uh, the staff could look more of a bigger core of players they're going to keep for next year as, you know, wanted to trade everyone on the team. So, standing out recently, Cole Caulfield, uh, last night Nick Suzuki with a three-point game. Is it the youthful exuberance that's brought on by Marty St. Louis? Is it sort of a, a clean slate for some of these younger guys to just go out and freewheel that they didn't have before? To be honest with you, uh, I, I don't understand. Like, a lot of people don't understand it because Caulfield was supposed to be, you know, one of the players that, that, that could be the candidate for Rookie of the Year. And after what he did in the playoff last year, I do understand that some veterans didn't like Deshaun. But when you're a rookie, you just made it into the league. You can't really have the same attitude as some veterans. So um, 
you know, he wasn't the same player. And now when San Luis came, I guess he said that San Luis was one of his favorite players. That's why he wanted number 26. So, and that inspired him, I guess, to play much better. But again, as a rookie, I was surprised that that's what he needed to raise up his game. But I guess it worked. And now everybody's starting clean slate with him behind the bench. And even though he has no experience, it's been impressive to see um, how now everybody is like pulling through and playing in ways that we've never seen this year so far. It's got to be a collective effort on the coaching front there, just given the inexperience of St. Louis and, and the pressure of being in that market as well. I imagine he's got a lot of help. Luke Richardson still on that staff there as well? Yes, he is. He is. But obviously, with St. Louis making all the decisions, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, when a player, uh, when a coach has played the game before, he's behind the bench, you know, because they understand the game, you know, often they get more respect from the players and stuff. And you could clearly see that the direction that St. Louis is doing with them, contrary to what Deshaun is doing, is night and day. Where do you fall on this debate now that I've been hearing on Sirius XM Radio and, and really across the hockey world where you're, you're getting production out of these kids now and that's elevating their confidence level, but it's also sort of maybe mitigating your chances at a better draft pick in that sense. How, how deep of a conversation is that in Montreal right now? Well, first of all, what people have to understand is, look at Edmonton. And, and, and I was talking to people that were talking about exactly what you said. Edmonton missed the playoff for 10 years in a row when they won their lottery, what, three, four years in a row? They won the first draft pick overall. And what did that do? That didn't do anything until they drafted the best player in the world, McDavid, and then it changed the, the entire franchise. If your team tanked and they lose all the time, even if you get a better draft pick, if all you young guys, all they learn is how to lose, they don't learn how to win, it doesn't matter. The next year, you put more players into this. If you're in a losing atmosphere, you never know how to win, you're not going to win. So it is important never to play to tank. You always play the best as you can because when you play that way, your young players, that's how they developed. The development of the player, that's what it is. They play the right way. So then the next year, like Montreal, they keep playing this way. Even though they're out of the playoff, when they start next year, the development is going to be much better and those young guys are going to be better and they'll be ready for a better year. And that's why you cannot tank and they have to play up to their potential. I've got to ask George LaRock here about the likeliness that we see. Jeff Petrie's really turned it around recently too, and I don't think that in the previous part of the season his trade value would have been much of anything because of the struggles. And, you know, we've heard a lot about Ben Sherratt, but Petrie's played himself probably back into the conversation where he could warrant or fetch a return. Do you see one of those defensemen moving out of Montreal, both? What do you see there? I think that uh, Petrie uh, is going to be gone because he, him and his wife has expressed a really good, like, really, you know, hard way that they, they, they didn't want to play here anymore because it was difficult for the family and they wanted to go back in the States. Cherat, uh, there's a lot of rumor that they could get a first rounder for him, but Romanov has been playing really good with him uh, in the first pair, and Cherat is playing the same role as Shea Weber was playing, um, you know, for, uh, for all the D-men. So, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to pass, to, to, to refuse a first-rounder for him. So what will be ideal is that you trade Charles for a first-round pick and you get him to come back, uh, you know, wherever he finished the year this year for a couple, a couple of years' extension. So Romanov and the other D-man could benefit from his veteran presence because, you know, Joel Emerson is going to miss all season. 
And I don't know who he's going to be next year. He was an important part last year. So that's why with Chara, to me, it's an important piece of the puzzle for the team. But uh, most likely, because they got a first pick for him, they might trade him. Yeah, I can see where there would be a huge market for him. Uh, hopefully Edmonton has found a, a solution, maybe in the likes of Marcus Niemelainen, where they don't have to go out and spend a first-rounder on Ben Sherratt because, George, I, I know I don't need to tell you that goaltending is a lightning rod in Edmonton right now. A lot of people are yeah. really upset with... Because optically, even if the goals aren't necessarily 100% on the goaltenders, you know, the, the, the dribblers that are sneaking past them, you know, that it's it irks fans, and it's been a long stretch of this. So with Edmonton's goaltending situation in mind, I know the update is coming tomorrow from Carey Price. That would be an off-season type of thing, but can you, can you, I guess, tee up what we may expect to hear about Price tomorrow? Any insight yeah. on, on his future? Well, you know, with the time left, for the regular season. I think that what we're going to hear tomorrow is that his season is done. Yeah. Not his career, but his season. And it's not going to be a surprise for anyone because he hasn't been on the ice. Every time he's been on the ice, his knee swells back up. So I think that they're going to write off this year off and, you know, what do you have to gain to put him back on the ice, right? So, But, you know, for Edmonton, and you're 100% right, and I've been talking about it for so long, um, Edmonton, for years, the problem was the fact that they needed a goalie for years and uh, they haven't they haven't had goaltending yet. And if they want any chance to win the playoff, they need goaltending. Because if they don't, they're never going to win. And and it's sad because they have good element up front. Last year, Edmonton had a really good goalie was Dwayne Wallison. I know Talbot had that good MVP year. He did when he was kind of co-MVP with McDavid, but he never was able to play up to that level after. But but man, if you look at the goalies now, they're great guys. But you don't win with great guys. You win with really good goalies and unfortunately this has not been addressed yet and the team is suffering from it and i wonder because other areas have been addressed this year george they've fired the coach they've brought in one of the more controversial free agents in in recent memory in evander kane so there's been moves made with the idea that they need to continue winning now and then that's almost been contrasted by how the goaltending has been so in a short-term fix because we've been talking about on the show and I know I don't need to tell you the goaltending market this year is really peculiar and not ripe with options so uh, is this where we see Stuart Skinner get more run that seems to be the most popular opinion of the fan base here well it is because it's a better option if you look at, at, at the two Koskinen and Smith that are there but again if you brought in a really look Calgary did it Calgary found a way to get goaltending and look what that did to them you know, take the goalie off. Who has a better team, Calgary and Edmonton? Edmonton does, but look at the way Marshall has been playing this year. You know, put Marshall in Edmonton, and where would Edmonton be in the standing right now? I know we lost the derby to Marshall with Calgary, mm-hmm. but again, there is goalies out there that are available that, that, you know, they would be better than the option that the others have right now. And I know cap is always an issue. We're always talking about cap. But that's the GM's job to find ways to make room in the cap so you can get the goaltending that they need. Chatting with George LaRocque here on Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott with you. Uh, George, can you give us a bit of a pre-scout on the next two teams that the Oilers are set to face? Top two teams in the East, you would have seen them a little bit more than us here in the West. So what can we, what do we know about Florida and, and what sort of propelled them to being arguably the top team in the NHL this year? Man, Florida is going to be a tough team to beat because, first of all, they have goaltending. 
and the goal t- the goaltending is amazing. And they, you know they're fast. They're fast teams that have tons of skills. And the, the thing is, the others could obviously compete with anyone speed wise because of the talent players that they have. But the one thing that we have to understand is that the goaltending is what's going to be making the big difference. With all the firepower that that the Florida has, what you need is you need one of your two goalies to stood on his head. And if they don't, if they have a regular performance, like a soft performance that they have, uh, Fowler is going to light it up. Because, man, there's goal coming from all over the place in this lineup, from all lines. And, uh, you know, defensively, the others are going to have to really going to have to be ready. But they're going to have to rely a lot on their goaltending. There has been really no drop-off since Andrew Burnett took over behind the bench for Joel Quenville in Florida, hey? Like, we didn't know what was going to be the future after that, exactly. and they just haven't yeah. missed a beat. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive what he's been doing with that team, but it shows you how complete that team is and stuff. And, you know, when you have a good team and stuff and chemistry is there, you know, even when you change coaches and stuff, you know, the the, base, the basic is there. You know, Quenzel did a good job with that with that team. You know, we all know why you have to go, but but again, the, the basic, the line and everything was done. It was there. So we just had to carry on what Quenzel started with that team and it's working. I gotta ask this last one, George. With Sean Avery signing up for a, a hockey comeback, I saw your tweet today saying, "Hey, are there any ECHL teams that might take me on so I can head down there and take care of business against Sean Avery?" Uh, just how humorous is this forty-one-year-old uh, comeback attempt? And of course, it's with the Orlando Solar Bears. Is there a better franchise name in hockey? Actually, the Everglades contacted me. They asked me no. if I want to play on the 12th of March against them, and I said yes. So I'm contacting them after I hang up with you to see if we could make it work. But yes, I want to play against them one game. He's the only guy that gave me a racial slur when I played in the NHL, so I would love the chance to play against them one game. So I have to contact them after we hang up. I'm serious. That is, I am, my jaw is in my lap. I'm picking it up right now. The Florida Everblades, you're saying the 12th of March. I'm going to... Yeah, they, they, con- they contacted me, asked me if I could play the 12th of March. So I'm going to contact them to see if they're serious. But if they are, I'm in. This is it. I'm serious. I, I am in. So in. I cannot wait to hear the next steps of this process, George. Good luck. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much for the time today. You're welcome, brother, anytime. George LaRock, former heavyweight champ of the NHL, maybe the heavyweight champ of the East Coast League sooner than we know it. That would be a tilt for the ages. That would be a pay-per-view event. I honestly didn't know that they had that history. But I saw the tweet from George earlier saying, if there's any ECHL teams willing to take me on, I will do it. And the Florida Everblades have, have picked up the phone? What? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, now I have to figure out how to stream the East Coast League. Maybe I'll do that while we take a time out on Oilers Now. Back in a minute. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So Boomer's been texting the show all afternoon, swearing at me, might I add, but saying essentially that uh, he knew all along that Markstrom was the solution and this is the problem. 
You're not getting Jacob Markstrom. You're not. You had the chance and you didn't. And you're allowed to be upset about it. But that's not a solution right now, right? He's not available on the open market. In fact, really, there aren't many, if any, options that make any sense. There's a lot of lateral moves you could make. Sure, you want to advocate for Braden Holtby. That's fine. I'm not convinced he's going to come in here and do any better of a job than the current situation. Maybe a better cap hit than Koskinen. Fine. But he's not a better goaltender, statistically, realistically, that's going to make the difference here. It's not. In that cir- circumstance, okay, if, if you could go out there and you could find a better goaltender, fine. Yeah, that move should have been made two years ago. I agree. They whiffed a lot. They whiffed on Markstrom. They whiffed on, on Darcy Kemper. They whiffed on Chris Dreger, if they were really interested there. They whiffed on Braden Holtby. They didn't get either of the top two guys in the draft. Clearly didn't want to. Uh, and now they're going to hitch their wagon to Stuart Skinner, evidently. So when does he get the call up? Well, I'm not 100% sure about that. But I do know they want to get him some consistent playing time down in Bakersfield so that when he comes back up to take on more minutes, he's not totally shell-shocked. And in the meantime, you hope the two guys that you've banked on can hold down the fort. I understand why you're mad, because they haven't been doing that. They haven't been doing that. But the team in front of those goaltenders is also allowing pretty point-blank looks. And if you're going to sit there and text me explicit text messages and, and say that we don't know what we're talking about and Holland's the worst GM in the league and whatever, there's a lot of that, but not a lot of solutions coming along with those. And why? Probably because there's not a lot of logical answers to this goaltending issue. But if you want me to address it as such, yeah, the Oilers have a goaltending problem. You're darn right they do. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. And uh, right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. Get the exact uh, equipment and colors that you want. Reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at one 877 477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Cam Moon drives a Brent Ridge Ford. We'll talk to him after the 1.30 news. I'll get you updated on the prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork, custom cabinetry, luxury closets, and exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Oil Kings have ascended to number one in the entire Canadian Hockey League. The team is 36-11-3. They, of course, lead the Eastern Conference in the WHL and have a 10-point lead in the Central Division over Red Deer. Uh, Underafted free agent, 20-year-old Josh Williams with 63 points in 43 games. He leads the way. Dylan Gunther right behind him, though, with 62 points in just 41 games. 32 goals. And that's tied with Connor Bedard for fifth in the Western League this year. Bedard's in town on Friday. I'm sure you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, but to go back to Williams again, he's, he could sign anywhere in the NHL after this year. Williams is fifth overall currently in league scoring. Sebastian Kosa, for what it's worth, 25, 6, and 3. He's got a 914 save percentage, 232 goals against average. More goaltending talk and a little bit, uh, a little bit of a preview on the weekend action with Cam Moon when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.